Revenge of the 80s Kids has been rated P for podcasts. Gentlemen, that's a problem, said the old man at the rustic service station the next morning. You can't possibly have crossed the old sentry bridge. It fell at the stroke of midnight at the turn of the millennium. A van full of 90s bros was crossing it when it fell apart, and they plummeted to their deaths in the gully below. Some folks still speak of tales, tales of the 90s bros being reborn as naughty's children. Some say you can still sometimes hear their ghostly podcast where they forever moan about their beloved lost true love, the 80s. Do 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 do. And there, gentlemen, we have our first ghost story of the evening. And hopefully, Justin, I have now finally answered your often repeated question of where am I going with all this? Because we're having fun, aren't we? I can't take the credit, of course. It was Leo's idea. And I admit I was sceptical at first when he said he wanted to use tonight's show so we could scout ahead into the next ten years of films and get a lay of the land of the films between the years 2000 and 2009. I mean, scouting. It's been a while. Admittedly, I was in Boys Brigade because, well, just look how cool their uniform is. But the basic principles are the same. Ah, I'd forgotten how much fun this all is. The night air, the campfire made from dry wood, the tents pitched out, the smell of burning sausage meat, all of us bedding down together and sleeping in bags, taking in turns to fart. It's just like camping when I was a boy, only with less inappropriate touching. This night is going to be fantastic! Admittedly, maybe I should have thought of a better camping spot than Merc Wood from the Lords of the Rings trilogy. But, uh, according to One Ring Wiki, so long as we maintain a good campfire, the wargs, giant spiders and dark riders should leave us alone. Anyway, I've talked long enough. I'll get the little propane heater on for some baked beans, and I'll pass the torchlight to Leo. And he can now tell us one of his ghost stories. I think it's a singer, because he looks like he's been dying to say something for some time. So yes, indeed, uh, we shall be telling ghost stories, or at least war stories. No, maybe not war stories. Well, we'll be reminiscing about uh, our cinematic experiences of the last, well, of the years 2000 to 2009. And the first thing that obviously sprung to mind, at least between uh, me and Ian, is that there will be some overlaps in this uh, in this journey due to the fact that at various times 
various members of us will have gone to the cinema to see the same thing at the same time at the same cinema. So uh, that'll be interesting because uh, this is all the first real time. I mean, I, I guess me and Ian, obviously, we went to the cinema back in the early 90s, didn't we? Uh, and then we didn't. And then, and now we are going to go and do that again. But yeah, this is far more the conscious sort of like, we are now adults, we are out in the world kind of experience uh, from our point of view. So there we go. So uh, yes, and of course Justin is here, and in the latter part of the 2000s, it'll be me and him that are going to the cinema. Indeed, that's, that's, that's where our story begins. As yes. Well. So, yes. So yeah, so I mean, you know, as with the 90s, the real idea is that, well, we're not kids anymore, and so, you know, there is a certain amount of you know, we're moving around, we're having different experiences and just the contextualizing, uh, the cinema, uh, and where we were at the time. So, uh, if we look at the year 2000, I believe Ian, you have already selected a cinematic, uh, visit from that year to talk about. So what would that be? Well, kind of. I mean, basically it's where I was living, which was Bath. Um, not actually in a Bath, the city of Bath. And I was pretty much living in a city centre as well. This is during the glorious time I was editing audiobooks for originally Chivas Press, but then later the BBC. And, yeah, it's it's a very lovely city to be in because of the gorgeous Georgian architecture made out of gloriously sunny sandstone. It's like a the street I lived in, even the pavement was listed, so we couldn't pull it up to put cables in. And, you know, you couldn't put an, a TV aerial on the outside of your house because it would spoil the natural beauty. So TV reception was awful. And there wasn't a multiplex at the time in Bath. The one appeared as I was departing the city. Until then, there was one or two cinemas. There was like a, a big one screen in one place. And then around the corner, there was like a three-screen cinema, but it had two proper screens and one really, really small screen with like 20 seats in there. It's like someone's front room. And yeah, it was just the fact that this this is this was the year of Gladiator. And we're not dipping into reviews of films this time, we're just talking about the experience, but it was quite interesting in going to see Gladiator. And the thing about uh Ridley Scott is that in all his films it's very visually vivid. Uh it always kinda of left me with a very strong sort of cinematic impression, the visuals. And so coming out of Gladiator, where we've seen a recreated Rome and then walking into Georgian architecture Bath, it felt like a strange blurring of Rome and Bath, which is, you know, has Roman heritage as well. It was all kind of a weird experience like that. Anyway, so it, it kind of made the film sort of culturally extend into the city I was actually living in at the time. That was my experience. All uh, right. Well, I, I had, uh, I, I moved around a lot in the year 2000. Not like moved like my entire everything that I had although I did because at the start of the year uh, I was in halls while I was doing my PGC first year and then uh, over the summer I lived in well for a while I was helping out at PGL holidays and then after that I was in Reading and then after that I was in a house in Stoke-on-Trent so uh, I have a variety of different experiences of the year 2000, such as I went to see uh, Pitch Black in the brand new Warner Village in uh, Newcastle under Lyme, which was shiny at the time and is probably not quite so shiny now. Uh, I also went to see Titan AE. I went to see that in Shrewsbury while I was working for PGL on a, an evening off. 
so that was uh, exciting. And I also went to see Unbreakable at the same Warner Village. But then earlier in the year, I'd been to see X-Men while I was in Reading. So I, I And that was at the Warner Village in Reading. So uh, I went to see a number of different movies, I remember, and a number of different places. One of the things that I note about this year is that there's a lot of films that I have seen in 2000, which I remember distinctly not seeing at the cinema. And they're going, oh, wow, I didn't actually go to the cinema that much. Obviously, this is the beginning of the era when I go, I'll catch it on video. Or indeed DVD, as it later became. Very much, not very much later, in fact, nearly the same. Justin? Yeah, I, I, I'm looking through these, and um, this particular year, I think I, where I was, I mean, I just moved to Nottingham. I moved in 1999, so I hadn't been there long. I was staying with friends at this time. They weren't, I would say, huge cinema goers, so I wasn't really seeing a lot. I think, yeah, I was getting, I think I was getting these DVDs at this point. I think around about this time, I got myself, I was quite late to getting a DVD, and I was acquiring lots of my favourite films and watching that, um, and I was just beginning to start seeing films at the cinema. I wasn't really seeing a lot, and a lot of my memories are on DVD rather than actually going to cinema, but there are a couple of, you know, a couple of things I would have seen, definitely X-Men um, and, and Gladiator, certainly the, the bigger films. Um, so yeah, definitely kind of finding my feet, I think, in Nottingham and uh, at this stage, uh, and you know, it'll, it'll take a couple of years before that gets exciting, so but at, this, at this stage, it's just like, yeah, just just picking things occasionally, but nothing re- no great standout films, I think, this year, for me. They are to come. Now, what happened to me uh, in the meanwhile is that I qualified as a teacher and became a teacher. And the thing I would like to pick out of 2001 is uh, going to see Kiss of the Dragon in Reading, uh, the Jet Li movie uh, from the stable of Luke Besson. And uh, thinking, wow, that was great. What a great action movie that was. And going to school and then being told by the children I was teaching that the martial arts in that film were lame. So uh, there, there became the rift, you know, the difference between ages. Uh, now, it is true that there are martial arts in that film are not spectacular, but I maintain to this day that it's a pretty good B-movie action flick. But yes, uh, this will be the signal of the time that uh, essentially I was living in Reading from 2001 until uh, late in 2005. So uh, all of the films, more or less, because Reading only had one, it had the Warner Village. It used to have an Odeon, which is where I went to see the Truman Show, but that's shut down. And it does have a showcase cinema, but that's miles out of town. And I, until a bit later, I didn't have a car, so I barely ever went there. So the only cinema I could really get to was the view, the uh, what became the view, but was at the time the Warner Village. So uh, that's pretty much where my uh, cinema visits gravitated around in 2001. How about you, Ian? Ian? Oh, has he, has he been eaten by a walk? I don't know. Still here, still here. Sorry, I was just yes, uh, exploring the edge of the circle of our campfire to see if I could... See anything out there? Nothing but a pair of you know, staring eyes in the darkness. Anyway, uh, oh well, that's fine. It's kind of two thousand and one. Two thousand one, kind of, kind of the same place, doing the same things. Really, uh, still in Bath, still seeing things in those two cinemas. We'd really in the habit of me coming over to visit you at this stage, were we? 
uh, maybe not right away, but because I didn't move, obviously I moved uh, to uh, Reading in time for the beginning of the academic year in 2001, so when that would have been about September time, but certainly this would have been the beginning of that era, because suddenly I wasn't miles away, I was... Yeah, I, don't, I, you know, I visited you once, once or twice I visited you in Stoke. And my goodness, the journey back was an epically long haul, much longer than going to you for some bizarre reason. Uh, I'm just looking over the films what I've seen, and I can't see any I saw with you that year, which which puzzles me. Uh, but yeah, because it's Bath, you can always rely on a few arty sort of films. Enigma was there, which was kind of, you know, a murder mystery set in, you know, the bletchy code-cracking thing. I saw Hannibal, I would have seen that year as well. Again, you walk out into the gorgeous Georgian architecture. I go, oh, it's like, just like the city was designed by a director. I would have been the usual Harry Potter and... Lord of the Rings. Was, we definitely went to see Brotherhood of the Wolf together. So oh, yeah. Have, oh, yes. You were there. I need to see again. Not seen that for a long time. It's mm. a, a brilliant and unique masterpiece of uh, modern cinema, that one. I would have seen Monsters, Inc. Yeah, a lot of other... Yeah, a bit, it's, it's, it's going to see things year, on their own. This is the year for me that things started kicking up a bit because there's some cracking films coming out this year. And I got quite excited by several of them. I mean, this is the year that defined that, let that, that slot, that Christmas slot, you know, the first, the first Lord of the Rings and the Harry Potters as well. That, that defined, right. I knew that if I, at this point of the year, I'm going to get some treats. And so that was quite exciting. That was, I was seeing films multiple times because I'd be seeing those type of films with different groups of friends. There's Donnie Darko, I remember, at the art cinema in Nottingham, seeing that, puzzling over that, talking over that at length with, with friends at the time. Yeah, I, I think it's actually a, it's a good year, I think, uh, this one for me. Um, lots of interesting stuff. Lots of, yeah, I was clearly going to the cinema a lot at this point now. There was enough people I was growing to know in, in Nottingham for me to see lots of things. And, um, yeah, I think good, certainly cinema experience, good times, I think. Yeah, one of the things that occurs to me at this at this particular point is that um, over the course of 1999, 2000, 2001, I did such a lot of shifting about the place that although I tried to go to the cinema whenever I could, I actually couldn't go that often. And mm. it's only hereafter when I've settled down, I'm in Reading for ages, uh, then I go to rugby for a bit, and then I move to Nottingham, that it really settles down into a pattern of seeing things all the time, which I hadn't kind of got into. And like, yeah, like you say, Ian, like we, we, uh, you were there 2002 through 2005 and we were meeting up to do stuff. So this is going to be, you know, that period, isn't it? Where we, we're going to see things quite often, uh, maybe together and, and saving them up for our special post movie dissection. At uh, the our burger joint of choice, uh, so I'm, I'm going to look at 2002 now and anticipate that something that we went to see together will be in there. Now, the first thing that pops into my field of vision is Blade Two, which I specifically remember we didn't see together, Ian, did we? No, I saw that in Bath on my own. No, yeah, because we had a conversation about it afterwards, in which uh, we sort of—I mean, we, we kind of sort of—I think we mutually agreed what we thought of it afterwards but really at the time it was just you 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 felt it was quite video gamey as i recall uh yes i mean i I haven't seen it again since 
so it's it's hard for me to have a properly reflective opinion on it. I don't recall anything negative about it. I mean, the main thing everyone was commenting on was, oh, that guy from that eighties uh, boy band is is not, not a bad actor. That, who knew? Uh, yes. So now uh, I, I do remember one uh, cinema visit I did undertake by myself that year. And it's possibly one of the most important cinema visits that I ever did, because to date, I think it is the worst movie I think I've ever seen in the cinema or out of it. No, actually, you see some real crap at home. So it's the worst thing I've ever paid to go and sit in a cinema and watch, like absolutely the most grating experience I ever had. And that was Equilibrium. (laughs) <laughs> I'll become yeah, yeah. parent later. Oh God, I caught up with that on DVD later, and I was—I think I was live blogging to you over my like M- MSN Messenger about yes. how bad it was and how it didn't make sense. But yes. one, oh, no, speaking so. of things that did not make sense, uh, one film we did go and see together this year was Star Wars: Two Attack of the Clones, and it's worth putting in context. The buzz around this was reasonably positive mm-hmm. when it first came out. Mm-hmm. People were coming out going, "It's so good, it makes Phantom Menace better." Uh, mm. we went in and saw it, Leo, and came out the other side. And, you know, the whole meal was just kind of us puzzling over it and trying to unpack it and digest it and still talking about it when we were back at your flat afterwards and sort of coming to the conclusion that George Lucas is okay with the kind of the mythic arc. When it comes to actually doing any writing, he's useless. I think if I was going to pick out a thing we went to see together that year, the thing I would pick out is Cypher. Did, I saw that on DVD. Oh, yes, I saw it with you in the cinema, no, didn't, didn't I? No, oh, yeah. We went to see it in the cinema together. Yes, that was like a surprise thing because we, we went to London, didn't we? Yes, we went, We decided that that weekend we were going to go to London for the day and we and for some reason somebody paid to put a poster for it on a bus. And we went, that says sci-fi and it looks cool. Wonder if we can go and see that anywhere. So we quickly looked up the times and we found a place to go and see it. We wandered around a bit and then we went to see it and we were blown away. Thought it was great. Yes, well, we were very pleased that it actually wraps up its its puzzles, satisfactorily yes. speaking, but while this had to happen the way it had to happen. I think the thing that stuck in our heads about that one was uh, the fact that we'd got up in the morning not even knowing that the film existed, saw it on the side of a bus, found a cinema to go and see it in, paid for our tickets, went in, watched it, came out and had a thoroughly good time. It, it, it might even have benefited from the fact that there was no... <laughs> Like, gap between us discovering... Well, they they do say the best sex is spontaneous sex, so I suppose the same (laughs) works for film as well. Yeah, we just, like, went um, went and saw it. Uh, Because I remember... And the other thing I remember I didn't see with you, because I didn't see it until years later, but you did go and see it, was Ghost Ship. Didn't you go and see that? Because you'd been near the set. Yeah, well, I don't think I did see it at the cinema. I think I saw it afterwards because it it flew. It it was was effectively a B movie. It threw through the cinema. I think I was cold on DVD later. Yes, but I was in, I was in holidaying in Australia at the time, and I was touring Sydney, and there was the back half of the tanker was there as like the floating set. Like, ooh, that looks interesting. No, it's not. So, Justin, how was your 2002? Yeah, I, I, well, I think for me, I mean, the most memorable uh, was Tackle the Close. No, not really. Uh, actually, it was Spider-Man. Oh, and yes. I, this really, I sat there. Now, X-Men, you know, I'd watch them like, okay, I think they're beginning to get this kind of comic adaption thing on screen. I think they might be working it out. But that had, it was, you know, it had very much its own style. It was very typical, a hang-up from the 90s, all black leather and dark and moody. 
And I'm like, yeah, I still haven't seen anything bright and shiny comic books that I remember. And then Spider-Man hits you in the face. And that is like, wow, that is a comic book to like come to life. That is yeah. something that is clearly understands the character and everything. And it feels like you're in a comic book as you're It's just so bright and light and, I'm yeah. like, wow, that's, that's, that is a game changer. That is going to, and it did, it, it pretty much, you know, have it laid template for everything that's come since. I do have an, an anecdote about that. This is one yeah. of the first films I actually really bothered in the 2000s. I hadn't been to the cinema twice for quite some time to watch something. And this one I had to go and see twice. Um, yeah. But part of it was because I just wanted to see it in the cinema twice. Yeah. The other part of it was the first time I went to see it, it, in about the sort of 20 minute mark of there, I got a massive cramp in my leg right. and had to sit in the cinema crying with pain, not wanting oh, to dear. like try and, cause the cinema was packed. So I was kind of boxed into my seat with this pain going up and down my leg and I really couldn't concentrate. And by the time, uh, you know, it, it was about 10 minutes of trying to manage this. And then at the end, I thought, I'll have to come and see this again because yeah. I just missed loads because I was too busy uh, writhing in pain in my seat so yeah that was yeah, uh... yeah it was a, it, I, I was very happy going to see that I mean you know I knew that at the end of the year I had some treats to look forward to even though I'm not a I'm not I'm more a fan of Harry Potter the books but still they're very magical films and that was nice but obviously two towers was coming so I was it was it was going to be a positive year and um and and yeah Spider-Man there's a, you know there's there's a few good ones this year that were kind of well pleasing me and, um, yeah, I think just generally I was seeing quite a lot of films. I mean, I, I have to say I went to see Attack of the Clones just as a completist. And it's, it's, to be honest, I think it's probably, and I was paying for the stuff there. And they were, I didn't have a nice little cinema card. And I, I think that's the first, that was the first time I remember going to see a film because I just felt like I had to, rather than because of any joy I might, I might gain, gain from watching it. And in, believe me, it, it, with that low expectation, it still failed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so, relationship like, sex, I suppose, wouldn't it? Yes. So, um, um, but, um, you know, fortunately, through the rest of the year, there was some, some really nice stuff. So um, Minority Support was also a little, a little bundle of joy. Yeah, good, good times. I'm still kind of in a bit of a high, really. Definitely that, like, yearly uh, Lord of the Rings treat is definitely keeping my momentum. I'm, you know, that's something to look forward to. I'm, I'm enjoying the stuff and, and, and say there's, there's good stuff coming out all the time. So, yeah, happy days at the cinema at the moment. I think that one of the things that is, is happening is that the, the cinema in the early 2000s is something that is happening. I think it's actually become, to a certain extent, more of an event now yeah. than it was at the beginning of 2000. In 2000, it kind of settled into this pattern of of just being something that was there and that you you did you went to the cinema and that's what you did and it, it you know the internet hadn't really kicked in super big at this time it, it did things like um star wars and stuff but now everybody discusses everything on the internet yeah. every film gets dissected over and over again where this time it was this is where the, the the this is the sort of cauldron in which the uh, mechanics of modern event cinema are being is being cooked and yeah, this is what is happening at the, at the time. Ian, 2003, where were you? What were you doing? And what do you uh, remember? Still in Bath, I'm afraid. Uh, but Well, uh, we know that. Actually, the film I want to talk about this year is one I saw with you. Yes. And it's, it's going to be The Matrix Reloaded, uh, which we went off oh, and yes. we saw together. 
you kind of wake up in the morning and you're so excited because you're going to be seeing a particular film. I remember sitting in the cinema. Did we go to your local one with the Warner Brothers or did we go to London? Yes, we went to the Warner Village to see it. Yes, I remember. It was just us two. I, I just remember sitting there and feeling so excited because any moment now, more Matrix is going to be coming on the big screen. And, and we were yes. both really, really, and we'd had the Animatrix and the internet was kind of a thing now in 2003. Even yes. I was on the internet on, on broadband. Uh, yes. So it's it's properly landed now, uh, and yeah, so I was really pumped and excited for the Matrix. It really felt like this was going to be the most defining film of the year, and I'll, I think we had to go see it twice because I think I saw it again. Yes, I well. did see it again, and just to try and get my head around what I'd seen, I think the result of our le- very lengthy conversations with it about Leo was like you kind of like, well, it it could be one of the greatest films ever made. It all comes down to how good the third one is. They can't deliver on the third one, then it's all going to go horribly wrong. Uh, was yes. What was one of your prophetic statements? I remember we also went to see Revolutions together and came out, and it was like, yeah, well, they screwed that up. Yes. That same year, it's yeah. Yes, because they had them ready to go back year, to back. Year of the Matrix. Well, oh. uh, I'll point out that we went. To, I remember distinctly going to see Daredevil in Swansea. We were both in Swansea when it came out, and we went. Let's go to the cinema. We went to see Daredevil. Yes, we did see Daredevil. Yeah. Did we? Did we mind it at the time? I think we thought it was a bit. No, we really didn't. We, we. If there's one thing we didn't, we didn't mind it. I think yeah. that's about as best we could say. We we're like, well, it wasn't terrible. Yeah, there was, uh, some, there was some scene eating going on. I think. I think that Daredevil fell victim to the fact that um, if they'd have brought that out a little bit earlier, it would have. You know, it would have been fine. You know, it would have been, yeah, that's okay. Daredevil has come out a little bit earlier. But because it, it's after X-Men and after Spider-Man, it did kind of lose credibility points for that. Um, I'm seeing quite a lot of stinkers this year that I ended up going to see mm. in the cinema for one reason or other. I remember, uh, my most disappointing day at the cinema overall. You know, this is interesting because at that Warner Village, I went to see the worst film I've ever seen in the cinema. And then the following year, I had my most, uh, I just came home and was just like, wow, I've seen nothing entertaining today. And that was when I did a double bill of basic and identity. Oh, God. I was just like, what is it with these two films with completely rubbish twists that think they're much cleverer than they actually are? And I've seen them back to back. I mean, that is... In a way, if you really want to depress yourself about the state of narrative storytelling, go and watch Basic and Identity next to each other. Oh, really bad. Really uh, bad. And Gothica came out that year. That was another one that was like really disappointing. And the, the Hulk, uh, the original Hulk movie. We saw Paycheck, we saw Paycheck together. Oh, yeah, that was pretty disappointing as well, wasn't it? Great yeah, premise, crappy execution. I must admit, now, now the high that I have been, this kind of cinema buzz I've been, is now begins to be tarnished because there was a lot of expectation for some of these films. Now, certainly it ended very well. I mean, I'm not going to complain about The Return of the King. Um, but I think up to that, that summer, I mean, where I'm, I'm still, I'm still living in Nottingham. I'm still living with the same friends. I'm still pretty much doing, le- learning my craft. So nothing particularly exciting happened to me other than going to see films. Yeah, what, what have we got here? Well, Pirates of the Caribbean, that was over bloated. I watched that and went, mm, okay, that's, that was okay, but I'm a bit out, pirated out at the moment, and I, that was going to get worse and worse. 
that's the first Pirates of the Caribbean that came out in 2003. You were pirated out by the end of the Uh, first one. Even then, I think it's... It was a bit... I I wasn't completely like, say, there was still a little bit of room for a little more sort of pirates, but it was a bit long. And I was... It was like, "Mm, this could have been snappier. It was a bit... And I didn't really like the Orlando Bloom character. um, Or Kira Knightley, for that matter. So it was like... It was flawed. It was all right. It wasn't... I was hoping better things. It was like, mm, okay, a bit stodgy. But then we had um, Daredevil, which I was a bit disappointed with. It was like parts of it were, were, were okay. Parts of it were pretty good. The Hulk, yeah, that was, that was, uh, mm, that was, I wasn't happy with that. There was a joke and, at the time. What's big, green, angry, and doesn't appear for the first hour? Answer, yeah. the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, weird. They did, they motion captured Ang Lee, so this kind of tiny Asian guy, just, I, the whole thing just, I just went, this is unconvincing, I just don't, and yeah, poodles and etc. anyway, it was a bit of a mess. So no, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, ugh. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. Was, there was disappointment, it's, wasn't there? I love, I love the comics, so I was ready for this, and I'm like, this is a stupid film. I'm, I'm beginning to, now I'm kind of getting a bit jaded now with Hollywood and the, thinking, yeah, maybe not everything is kind of, you know, paved in gold and beautiful. Some of it is just big, bloated, some well, affair and of little, you know, merit. And so this year I'm I'm beginning to get a bit sceptical about the cinema, I think, because it's just like there wasn't really much. And Matrix, yeah, overblown, overbloated, not enjoying that so much. I think there's a couple that, there's a couple that save it. I didn't actually mind Identity because I'm a big John Cusack fan. But um, there's a there's a couple of things, that, but generally, I this is not a good year. I'm feeling to sort of end it on a on a positive note. Lord of the Rings: Return of the King was a perfect way to round it, off the year, wasn't oh, it? Oh yeah, no, I mean that was you know, as I said, that was there was sadness though because I, I mean I was actually generally kind of gone uh, what now I've missed my yearly slot that way. You know, I've been having a blast. Well, my story of it, because I was on holiday in Australia at the time, and many Australian holidays jet-setting in. I love this country so much. Why don't let us move there? But um, I went there with family, and we saw it as a sort of uh, New Year's Christmas thing. And we went and saw it gold class. And gold class is where you have these huge reclining uh, sofas. There's only about 30 seats in the entire cinema. And they bring yeah. food out to you. It's wonderful. It's kind of our treat. But um, my stepmother had very, very recently had a very sudden family bereavement. And because it was Christmas and holidays and weddings were going on, everyone had just kind of shunted through on autopilot about it all. And it was at the end of Return of the Kings when you have Into the West music coming on. And that was just kind of the moment where she just kind of broke. Because it was just stirring all those emotions. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I was, I was quite emotional at the end of that film. But I did kind of, yeah, I just went, well, that's that. That's done now. And it it become a, a ritual, you know. It been I went with the same group of friends and I would then then go at Christmas, go and see one. Well, I started going to see my family and then realised that really my mum and my sister don't really like a lot of blood, even if it's black. So they, so it was something me and my dad would go and see. And it was just a little ritual, you know, like, and it, that was very comforting. So when that was over, it was like, well, we've still got the Harry Potters, but I'm less, you know, I'm less bothered about those. So it was a bit like, yeah, because the year hadn't been fantastic. I think I was being feeling a bit kind of bittersweet at the end of it. But it was a fantastic film to end the year, no doubt. You know, it was, it was uh, cracking. But um, but yeah, I was kind of wondering what was coming. I think. Yeah, I mean, and two thousand and four, I think is is, I think it's a bit of a watershed year in that it, it kind of marks a sort of. It's it's weird. It's like with all of our decades, I think we see this that. Um, 
by the time you get to whatever it is on the decade four, you get this kind of crossover between what people remember the decade being like and what it actually was like at the beginning. Because so far we have had quite a lot of hangovers off the 90s. And I think in 2004, the 90s finally dies because you get stuff like Blade Trinity, which is just awful. And and they like, yeah, we're not going to do that again. Oh, and, and of course, Catwoman, which I didn't see at the cinema. But yeah, in fact, nobody did, which is kind of the reason why films like that stopped getting made. And then on the other side of the coin, you have things come up and people kind of don't recognize what's good about them, like uh, Chronicles of Riddick. I remember we went to see that, Ian, and we went for our post, post-cinema post burger. Yep. And I remember saying at the time, I quite like that. I think everybody else will hate it, which indeed was true for many years. Yes. I thought it was fine. I thought, well, I thought like, oh, well, they're kind of setting up for the next film, aren't they? Now he's the leader of the um, Necromunkers, or whatever they're called, and he's going to yep. go be going to the Underverse, and they'll probably meet that... Uh, young woman again who just died at the end in the end of hers because that's where the dead go it's all being set up for that and there was echoing silence ever afterwards well not ever afterwards but then when the silence stopped what we got was uh, what we got so yeah I remember coming out feeling pretty much like that was a good ride completely different from Pitch Black but I didn't think that was a, a particularly bad thing and if we're really going to get into sort of comic book stuff, because I think the Spider-Man thing was a bit of a relief for everyone. Of course, we had Spider-Man 2 in 2004. Yeah. But I think where we start to cross over into that point where now in this modern era we can have Guardians of the Galaxy be, you know, one of the big hits of the year, is that in this year we had Hellboy, which I think people weren't yeah. expecting to sort of take root as much as it has in retrospect. Um, so that's that's good. I, I remember going to see that being really exciting and having a, a really good time yeah, uh, at that good. one. Uh, so, yeah, that's, I mean, I was just in, in Reading, doing my Reading thing. And, then, and uh, I think this is the point at which I really start to enjoy, you know, in a year where we've got Spider-Man 2 and Hellboy. Uh, yes, Blade Trinity is not very good, but we've got that. Oh, and the other thing we went to see, of course, Ian, is Aliens ver- Alien vs. Predator. Did we see that together? We did, because we went out afterwards and went, well, that kind of happened. Yes. And then we spent a, a long time moaning about everything it had done completely wrong. Um, yes. Anyway, we shall, we shall dissect that in due time. In due time. But I remember going to see it and coming out and just being like, oh, God, that was tedious. An opinion I have since changed for other reasons, but we should come back to that. Justin? Yeah, I think, so where am I? At this stage, um, I maybe got, I'm now integrated into the a small role playing community in Nottingham. So I'm seeing groups with other groups of friends now, probably seeing more films. So, um, I think actually looking at this now, yeah, I think it was really a positive thing because there's some, there's some, I think it's quite funny stuff in this year, it seems to come out. I remember humour might have been lacking in some of the previous years, but we've got Dodgeball, that was, that was fun. We have Anchorman, which I enjoyed a lot. I don't think I saw Harold Kumar at the at the time. I think that was something I saw with you, Leo, later. Yes, um, I totally saw that. That one definitely passed me by. But Shaun of the Dead, Kraken. Yeah, I think you know I, I might have been cynical, but I think there's there's some fun stuff this year, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm and and the the third Harry Potter, Prisoner of Azkaban, actually proved that that's my favourite ever one. So so I would have a nice kind of 
finish at the end of the year, even though I'm, I'm missing missing the uh, all the ring slots. Um, that actually kicks up a gear and like, oh well, this is pretty good. So um, yeah, I think generally I'm 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 pretty Incredibles, good good film like that. And I remember the saw caused a bit of controversy. People talking about that. Yeah, I remember. I remember I only saw that afterwards because I wasn't really bothered at the time and uh, being like, really, this is what people... I think what the thing it made um, waves were, and this is the problem with horror movies, is that often a horror movie will make waves and you know headlines about being a number one box office smash because they will make a horror movie for peanuts and then it will rake in like a massive profit margin. Horror movies yeah. have the biggest margins. And then people go see it and it's rubbish. And they're like, what is everyone making a fuss about? Well, Hollywood's making a fuss about that, that they spent a little and made a lot. But that's yeah. not really news for the audience. It's just news for Hollywood accountants. So that's one of the big problems with that they have, is that the buzz doesn't, you know, translate into actual quality often, or indeed at all. Uh, 2005 is a watershed Ooh, wait, year Wait, hang for on, me. slow down. Wait, wait, I haven't done my 2004 entry yet. Oh, you're not. What, oh, sorry. What was your 2004 entry? I thought you had somewhere in there. No, no, no. You, you, you bounced one to me, and I responded. Um, well, uh, to, to sway into completely different territory, just I'll just cover this very briefly because we don't really do this kind of thing here. With his politics, um, just to take take a bit of the zeitgeist, uh, this was the year of the re-election of uh, George Bush. Do. And, uh, I went and saw Fahrenheit 9-11. And even though, you know, um, what's his name? Moore is not the world's most reputed journalist ever. It just kind of, it was part of a kind of a mood that was going on at the time. I mean, I, I don't want to say, it was not the fact the world was anti-Republican or pro-Kerry or anything like that. It was just that everyone was just so tired of Bush. We, we, he'd started with the biggest world, you know, coalition of nations ever when he went through Afghanistan in 2001. By 2004, everyone just wants him to go. And then he gets reelected and the mirror famously does its headline of how can 55 million American people be so dumb <laughs> next to a picture of George Bush in victory. Uh, and just a kind of deflation of it all. Just kind of that feeling of, oh god, four more years of doing, of just screwing things up. Anyway. For a moment there, for a moment there, I thought you were going to go, go to, uh, Team America World Police, which also came out in 2004 and has pretty much the same sort of oh, no. area. Although they, they took the Michael out of, uh, Michael Moore as well at the same yeah, time yeah, as they're, they're, everyone they're, they're, else. It's been a bit, bit down on, uh, the sort of loony left uh, thing. I don't think. I don't think the Stone Parker people are. You know, I think they're more libertarian than Republican. But uh, yeah, I think Parker and Stone. Um, I think Parker and Stone particularly are. Um, they have a rule that if they're going to, you know, uh, extract the Michael out of someone, they're going to do everybody. They're just going to, you know, they're just going to go in town and get everyone at the same time. So that's kind of where. Where they were coming no, from. No, they, I mean, they had Bush in them, but they kind of, in, his, in the things, but they kind of left him alone as a target. I'm not saying there's anything in that. I think they just kind of felt he was too, perhaps too easy a target and, you know, do-gooders elsewhere are for more earning of their ire. Yes, yes, probably so. Yes. Um, I think, and yeah, I think there is also a thing where you don't really need to have Bush himself when the, the whole thing is like Team America, World Police, the World Police are sort of an exemplary of, of Bush's politics. So what's the point of actually having George Bush there? Because I think what they wanted to say was that, uh, you know, it's not George Bush's fault. That's This is sort of something that's wrong with America. 
as a whole. So mm. yeah. But anyway, that's a diversion. Let us go back to the track and uh, and say 2005. Personally, uh, I didn't have an epiphany exactly as much as I bought an item, and that item was my uh, popular cinema chain Unlimited card, which allowed mm. me to go to the cinema, you know, as much as I wanted. Um, and indeed, this is the year that I began to prosecute that right. Um, so, yeah, from now on, I'm going to see quite a lot at the cinema. Mm. Um, I, I, to pick out one thing in particular that I went to see, I went to see it, I think, by myself, was Eon Flux, a film that to this day I'm very pleased that they made, but puzzled as to why they made it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, they seem to have made that film just just for me and five or six other people who would get a kick out of it. But everyone else, why? Why would you make that movie? It was a lot of money for a very small audience. Yes. I have, think you see, have you seen Eon Flux, gentlemen? I have I, seen it. Yeah. I saw it your it place. It's beautiful. Did you beautiful. enjoy it? I don't know. I don't know about, like, it was, it was a beautiful film. Um, but I think it probably left me a little cold, I would say. I don't, kind of, but you know, it's, it's, it's good sci-fi fun, but it's, well, is it fun? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know now. I think I might need to watch it again to kind of. Yes. I, just, I, I would say that if you watch it again, visual, but not, it, it's definitely it, fun. Yeah. It's a particular yeah, it's crazy, I think. I remember, I mean, I remember the animation, um, and um, so, yeah, it's kind of mad. I, but I probably, I can't, to be honest, can't really remember an awful lot about it. I probably need to see that again. Um, I, I remember that um, this year, uh, I think this year is, again, in following the pattern of our decades, Batman Begins is in this year. And I think that really marks the beginning of the current era, I think, of cinema. That will, but Batman Begins is the first thing I think of as being like part of the modern way cinema is. And of course, Serenity came out in this year as well. So that's part of the, it's still part of the cultural zeitgeist right now. So that's what I'm getting out of the, the, the things on offer in yeah. this year is that this is the beginning of, of today. Yeah. Ian? Well, 2005 is a significant year. The first half bath, we finally have a multiplex and then I leave. And from kind of like uh, July, August onwards, I'm now living in Australia, jobless. Uh, so I think the occasional pop-out to the cinema to cheer myself up may have occurred. Uh, yeah, the Star Wars Episode Three is kind of obligatory. Uh, what was the film I picked out for this year for special interest, though? Oh, Butterfly Effect, which I, I didn't actually see at the cinema. I saw it with on DVD later. But I, I just remember because it's like it's, it's the reverse of What a Wonderful Life. It's like, wouldn't it be better if you'd just been dead and never lived? <laughs> uh, yes, I remember you saying something of that, that uh, nature. When you saw it, you were like, how bizarre. There were some old movies in 2000. Well, to, to, pick, to pick one that isn't going to get talked about very much, uh, I think it's Skeleton Key, which is a kind of voodoo uh, suspense thriller horror story, I believe, uh, which I saw in Australia in, in the, uh, in the uh, village cinema near where I live. And it, yeah, again, it's one of those films that's like, and, and the, the heroine is like a mouse trapped in a maze looking to escape. And at the end, we kill her with a hammer. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I feel deflated for watching that. Thank you. 
I mean, to be fair, cinema has kind of shied away from that. There are a few. I think we're entering a period where are, there are quite a few movies which have these horrendous downbeat endings. And and we've kind of stopped doing that because I think in the end it doesn't pay off. Life was miserable enough. <laughs> yes. Uh, Justin? Yeah, I think this time, well, uh, so it, this period of time spanned a time where I was uh, probably making some bad decisions in life because... For some reason, I want, I decided that I would move to Milton Keynes for a year with a friend of mine. Um, it didn't work out. I had nothing wrong with, with my, my, my mate. Um, you still but, friends? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't here. It was, actually, it was the reverse. He wasn't ever around. So I was stuck in Milton Keynes completely isolated and, and I got out as fast as I could, uh, and ended up going back to Nottingham. Um, so at this, this spans this period where, where probably cinema I'm clinging onto just to give me some kind of sanity. They, they had a, um, an easy cinema in Milton Keynes. I don't know whether they still got it, probably not. Where they didn't have any staff. You just turned up, uh, you bought your ticket online and just went through a machine and, um, bizarre. So everything, all I remember is there was just crap everywhere because there wasn't any staff. So you just turned up, if you wanted any food or drink, you just bought it wherever you wanted and bring it in. And no one cleaned it up. So it's kind of an odd, really, a strange experience. Kind of, yeah, a bit like some being in a student flat with an enormous TV. Because it's just weird. Um, anyway, so I saw some things there. And I think I might have caught Napoleon Dynamite late, because I definitely saw it then um, in 2005. So maybe there was a screening of it later. But anyway, um, yeah, I think there were some couple of key points, I thought. Um, Batman Begins. Was a oh my gosh, Batman is back and this and it's not shit. <laughs> uh, that was uh, I was a, a relief, I believe. I remember seeing episode three going. Well, it's not as bad as the first two. Yes, damning with face. Pretty much all I could gather from that, really. I went, well, it kind of makes me want to watch the. Th- and I seem to remember we uh, we immediately went and watched um, uh, a new hope after it, uh, and and cleansed. The, you know, the terrible experiences before it and, you know, into, into dim, distant memory and just went, well, there we go. So, uh, yeah, that was about it, really. There wasn't Corpse Bride, I seem to remember liking, just visually. Same thing for Sin City, visually stunning, but a bit, left me a bit dry. So, I don't know. I mean, I was just, I was just grateful to see anything, I think, this, at this point in my life. Um, so I wasn't overly critical. I did go and see quite a lot of stuff because it was dead cheap, the easy cinema. Yeah, yeah, not not a great year in all regards, I think, uh, for me, um, 2005. 2006 is next up and uh, is remarkable for several reasons. Not just remarkable, because the, the wife has entered the room. Hello. Uh-huh. And in 2006, the wife entered my life. Not immediately as the wife, obviously. You know, uh-huh. we had a little bit of a courting period artist, prior, prior to that. Yes. Um, but yes, so uh, the, the, the City World card was in full swing for me at this time. I looked down the list and there's uh, quite a lot. I mean, you know, you can't go and see everything. Indeed, you don't really desire to see everything. But there's quite a lot of films that I saw at the cinema in 2006. One might almost say that I lived 
in the cinema in yeah. 2006. Did yes, the wife, she got a job at the cinema for a bit. So uh, I remember several of these big things. The problem was that as a, an employee at the cinema, I think you could like sign someone in to watch a movie every day, but you yeah. didn't need to because we had the unlimited card so I could go and see as much as I wanted anyway. So that became a little bit of a, a rubbish perk. But it did occasionally come in handy because I believe that at some point Ian came to visit. Didn't you, Ian? Yes, I did come down. Uh, this is the rugby period, wasn't it? Yes, this is the rugby period. And we signed you into. We went to see. We used that awesome power of getting us all into the cinema to see something for free to see <laughs> White Noise to the Light. Oh, God. Yes, oh, that was God. It's so okay. fatalistic. It's the American sensibility about being so fatalistic about things. Honestly. My God. Yeah, anyway, yeah, this well, has to be bad because reasons. Yes. Oh, just amazing how bad that was. Yeah, I mean, what's, what's surprising me is actually that the problem, the point is at this, at this stage, the amount of stuff that is coming out is starting to kind of balance out the fact that rubbish movies are starting to fall because there's so much stuff that people just don't go and see them. So we have things like X-Men The Last Stand, The Wicker Man uh, with Nicolas Cage, that remake, you know, that one, and uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning, you know, just just terrible movies that that shouldn't ought to exist. And you kind of, and the remake of The Omen, and, you know, and people forget they exist because they don't need to. Oh, here's a cracking one. In this year, they did The Poseidon Adventure again with, with uh, Kurt Russell. And I do remember hearing him on the radio describe The Poseidon Adventure as, you know, it's something that people can go and see. That was him promoting the movie. If, if they have nothing else to do. It was yeah, exactly if weird. they've got nothing else on, they might. As I well. will, it does, if you don't like Kurt Russell, it does have him drowning in it up close i haven't even seen it and i'm a big kurt russell fan so you've not done anything for me so yeah that just yeah so i remember in 2006 i was constantly at the cinema and obviously the thing i would think that stands in mind seeing as you'd moved to australia is probably that trip to see white noise 2 or whatever it was well because everything else is like either good or it's bad but i don't really remember anything sticking out that film was worth crossing the globe for, I tell you. Uh, oh, well, me and, uh, me and Sue went to see Lady in the Water. That was uh, controversial. Hmm. Okay, so now I've moved back to Nottingham. Uh, I've actually got, uh, well, after a bit of a, a rough few months staying with someone, I'm very grateful to find somewhere I'm actually living on my own now. And, uh, and I'm enjoying this a lot, so I'm feeling very positive about that experience. I'm going to the cinema... Yeah, throw myself back into that. And, uh, well, I think a mixed for me here briefly ago. There's some really good ones, and others are a bit there. But I'm enjoy. I'm just enjoying things anyway. So, Casino Royale. I remember being like, "Wow, Bond's back!" And I like this Bond a lot. Someone who's been a huge Bond fan. That was kind of a that was a that was memorable. Um, Pan's Labyrinth. Being very impressed with that. And the uh, prestige, I remember enjoying a lot. So there's some there's some kind of stuff here that's good, stuff not so good. X Men: Last Stand, Pirates of the Caribbean, two. Mm, okay, less let fussed about any of that. Um, but you know, I think generally I'm as a person feeling much more positive about things. Yeah, I remember. I mean, the thing about it is, me and Sue were going to see stuff. Like we went to see the Prestige, and what back in the day. 
Prestige was something that I might have really, really sort of thought, yeah, that's just genius, it's brilliant. But I think Sue managed to bring her own unique perspective when we went out after seeing that movie and said, so we just watched two men being hideous to one another for no particularly good reason for a couple of hours then. And that kind of crystallised my opinion of that. It was like, oh yeah, I guess if you kind of reduce it, that's what it is. I mean, uh, and, and we kind of liked Pirates of the Caribbean. I kind of liked Pirates of the Caribbean. I remember we once did a marathon of those Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And to be fair, by the end of that, you're like, you feel like someone's just grabbed you by the scrub of the neck and shouted pirate straight into yes, your face yes, yes, for several it. hours. But, yeah. you know, at the, the time... The second one seems... wasn't as bad, I think. The third one was the worst one. The second one was okay because it was quite inventive visually. It had some interesting new characters that detracted from having to put up with Kira Knightley and, and Orlando Bloom. Um, so it was okay, but I, I was beginning to tire of the franchise at this stage. Um, but you know, at least nobody, at least nobody here paid to go and see the Lake House. Oh no, wait, me and Sue did. Oh god, that was awful. Oh, the Keanu, Keanu Reeves and Sandra yeah. Bullock. Oh, yeah, yeah, not. not no, we much. paid to see it, Sue. She thinks we didn't pay, but we didn't. We went to see it in that one in Swansea. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, so we actually had to pay for that. Oh, terrible. <laughs> well, I have to say, I'm going on record of, of saying. I didn't mind Superman Returns. I know why everyone thinks it's ponderous and boring. It's because it is. But I, I was very much grew up on the original Superman films. They're part of the background. So I, I kind of understood the vibe he was going for by saying, no, no, pretend three and four and Supergirl didn't happen. This is the next film in the sequence of, of that classic Superman story. And, and kind of being okay with that vibe. Imagine that guy isn't Reeves, that's the problem. That's yes. The, that's the oh yes, and uh, and uh, Lois Lane is far too young. Yeah, far, far too young. Uh, other issues as well. I mean, I can see why it felt. I'm surprised that people despise it as much as they do. I mean, it's true. It's, it's not not so much Superman as man who lives heavy things. Uh, but there we go. But the film I did see and enjoyed. And I saw it with my stepbrother and his wife was 300. And we sort of came out of there feeling like uh, warriors. 2007, Ian. Is it? I do apologise. Yes, next year. Well, I've got 300 2006 here, so maybe it was just different. Oh, right, OK. Well, Wikipedia seems to reckon it was in 2007. OK. All right. I've got well, idea. I've been talking about it then. I don't mind. We can move on. I'm just saying, I've just opened the page to look at my 2007 choice, and the top one, because it's alphabetical, is 300. Um, so yeah, it's, sure. uh, maybe it's snuck in. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, yeah, um, well, well, anyway, you were going to see it at the cinema end. Now continue for we in 2007. Well, I did. I saw it with my, uh, stepbrother and his wife, and we just came out of there feeling like warriors. You know, we just so, it's such an inner sort of macho, hyper macho vibe that they do it in. And, and we're sort of talking about it's going, it was fighting, but also it was all about strategy. We really appreciated that. And then we logged on and played World of Warcraft. So it all kind of gelled neatly together. Uh, but the other film I picked out for 2007 was Transformers, <laughs> which I went in knowing it was going to be a terrible film. Of course, it was going to be a terrible film. It was terrible in ways I hadn't expected. I hadn't expected a great sound. <laughs> Team drama. And I hadn't expected Autobots to urinate on people. You know? Things like that. I hadn't expected the Transformers not really to be in it very much. Um, you know, but the thing that mainly sticks in mind, because I went and saw it on my own, because who else is going to go see with this? And this is the only Bay Transformers film I've ever gone and seen. 
of, of coming out of there and feeling like, well, that surprises me and how it sucked. And going to my car and I very recently learnt to drive. And my sort of little Ford Laser was in the car park and clearly I parked it without putting the handbrake on and it had rolled. And some someone, I don't know who, had rolled my car back into position and wedged it in place with planks, which I have kept as both planks as a reminder ever since of my idiocy of parking. Ah, so there we go. Wow, that is a, that is a cinema story. Uh, 2007, I have sort of an, it's, I have to run through it. Rather than actually having a single experience, I had a group experience of all the films I saw. I was out of step, I think, with, with common knowledge. Didn't really like 300 at all. Like, I wasn't really that bothered either. I like it enough that I, I mean, I did like it, but I didn't like it as much as people generally seem to like it. On the other hand, Aliens vs. Predator Requiem, which most people seem to agree is rubbish, I really like. I think it's a fun movie. Um, and then uh, it just continues like that. Uh, people got a little bit excited about Beowulf. I didn't really think it was that good. Bridge to Terabithia. That was supposed to be a movie that was good oh, for people, God. and it, it was terrible. Really didn't enjoy it. Uh, we did sometimes match up with uh, reality. Enchanted, or with the rest of people. Everybody seems to like Enchanted, um, so that's fine. Uh, but I liked Ghost Rider. Nobody else liked Ghost Rider. Um, what else did I like that nobody else liked? I didn't think Live Free or Die Hard was that bad, or Die Hard. 4.0, who was known over here. And I definitely like Next with Nicolas Cage. And indeed, National Treasure Book of Secrets, both of which most people hate. Uh, I quite like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Hated Premonition. In fact, all movies I've ever seen with the title Premonition, I've thought are terrible. And all for different reasons. There are about three that I've seen that are called Premonition, and they're all in their own way derisable. Uh, Resident Evil Extinction I liked, and nobody else liked that. I liked it, nobody else did. Shoot 'em Up got people quite excited. I wasn't really that bothered. Uh, Smoking Aces got people quite excited. When I saw it, it was alright, but there was some stuff that I didn't really like at all. I was with everybody on Spider-Man 3, bit disappointing. You know, and, and uh, Transformers I didn't care about either way. I'm not a Transformers fan. Uh, the Mist everyone loved. I hated it. I thought it was terrible. Yeah, and, and I didn't mind Wild Hogs. thought it was disposable, but all right. Whereas most people seem to think it's completely irrelevant. So, yes, I get the experience in 2007 of just being completely out of step with everybody else's opinions on movies. Yeah, so uh, where was it, 2007? Um, yeah, I think it was a difficult time for me. I kind of realised that freelancing, the, the thing I love, was becoming was drying up and I was having to look at other avenues. So I was, I believe, it might be the year that I started working at the bowling alley in Nottingham, uh, or it might have been when I was doing Waterstones anyway. I, I was, I was, yeah, so it probably wasn't the happiest period of my life as I was, my dreams were being ripped up in front of me and I was considering other things. Cinema wasn't offering an awful lot, I have to say. A lot of these, maybe I wasn't going to cinema a lot because a lot of these things I saw at a later date. Certainly, yeah, I wouldn't have been. I didn't. I didn't like Transformers. Uh, Stardust, I believe, found very charming. I liked that. Very whimsical and fantastical, and enchanted as well. But yeah, and um, yeah, there's not a lot here. I don't. I, I don't think I was seeing a lot of things for one reason or other. So, mm, well, I know that that changed the book. So the Golden Compass, I was disappointed with. Yeah, that wasn't. Yes. That was really what I was reading, and I was like, oh, they just swapped that around, and 
you know, unsurprisingly, they didn't make any more of them because it didn't do very well. And yeah, I was disappointed at that. It was a massive bomb. Great stories, but they really, they didn't really handle it very well at all. It, everyone, uh, I, I had no friends who read the book and they were so excited. They were always telling me about these stories I had to read. And then Golden Compass yeah. was coming out and it was going to be the next big trilogy. And I went yeah. and saw it in America. So I was seeing my brother who was living in America at the time. And I went to the cinema with my mum and saw the Golden Compass. And it was like, there's some really clever ideas in here, but this film is awful. It is, it is yeah. in, in, incoherent in places. Anyway. So yeah, there's not, there's not anything that I'm like, wow, this is incredible. Uh, it's a bit of a mere year, I think, generally speaking. But I think in 2008, your cinema opportunities took an uptick, uh, Justin, because this is it. This is the year. This is the, we started the visiting the cinema yeah. together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can't actually pick anything off the top of my head. Did we go and see Jumper together? I certainly saw it. I mean, I don't know, I don't know whether it was with oh, you or not. We I definitely was... went to see Kingdom of the Crystal Skull together. I'm pretty sure. I don't, I didn't see that with you, Leo. Oh, well. I saw that at the Broadway cinema with, um, my mate Helena. You, you definitely wouldn't have gone there because you would have gone on the cinema ticket. I don't remember you being there. Oh, right, okay, that's weird. Oh, my. No, you, you did go and see it with Leo because you went to see it with Helen and then you got a cinema with Leo. I went saw it again. I saw it again. I saw it. And I know you did because that says I was sat in between the pair of you and you were like going, I've already seen it, but it's fine. It's fine. You'll be fine, Leo. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're going to give me this. <laughs> oh, the other cinema visit that stands out that we... I don't know if you were there. You might have come along for this one. We went to see Pineapple right. Express. Yes. And there was a couple having a massive relationship conversation. Oh, that was the film. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. I, wonder, I forgot what film that was. And we were... And we really, the bad thing was we really enjoyed the movie, yeah. but it was just that couple. It was so close that it was just, I mean, why would you, oh my God. <laughs> why, why, I just don't understand some people really, but it was quite amusing because clearly the guy was like, yeah, yeah, he's looking at the screen. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, well, we really need to talk about this. You know, this is important. We're you know, discussing their, their relationship and he's just like, at, you know, well, he's in the cinema, so that's generally not the place to discuss relationships. Um, so, so unsurprisingly, he's not really giving it much thought. Yes, that's right. Yes, yes. Just saying anything to shut the while he watches the film. <laughs> <laughs> but we're just like, why? Why do this now? <laughs> I get the feeling that you're not 100 committed to it. Yes, yes, whatever. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying anything. Just get you mouth shut so I can listen to this bloody film. Oh, brilliant. Uh, Yes, Absolutely. that was very memorable. But I think 2008 was, uh, yeah, it's looking pretty good, I think. Yeah, I mean, I was obviously, uh, uh my life changed, uh, you know, uh, the moment I met uh, Leo soon. And, uh, everything else was wonderful since then. So I, I, obviously, obviously all my films I'm looking at now with uh, rose tinted spectacles on. Uh, but no, I mean, I think there was some, there was some, there was some fine stuff, I believe. We get an incredible Hulk movie that isn't utterly rubbish. Yes, well, no, Hellboy 2 came out that year Hellboy as well. Two. I mean, I love Hellboy. And um, I remember... We just went bonkers with it. I mean, it was beautiful. This is the time, and The Dark Knight, where oh. it wasn't just it wasn't just a few of us, it was loads of us all going in a massive herd. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, absolutely. This stage, we've got a, we've got a, a little role-playing group going, as a, there's a big group of friends going. 
I don't know uh, if I remember that. It was like a big, I remember that. It was like a big boys club going to the cinema. And me, kind of toddling behind you all, going, okay. Uh-oh. And you don't walk out to the cinema. Gonna... <laughs> you don't more... walk out to discuss the film. And not even notice I was there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the wife, yeah. <laughs> oh, this must be, yeah, I seem to have accidentally deleted it out of 2008. Possibly just like not thinking about it. Obviously, therefore, 2008 was the year of Terminator Salvation. Because oh, I remember us all wasting our time going to about, see that. I remember us all going to see that and talking about that. Oh, yes. Oh, good grief. For, for me, this, so, was, this was the year I, I didn't really go to the cinema very much. I didn't see Terminator Salvation. The, the stink was so bad, I gave it a space. And people have said, good choice overall for that yes, decision. Yes, good choice. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I saw I saw the Bond movie that was out this year, things like oh, that. Yeah. I saw Nixon Frost. Oh, my... oh, good. we've forgotten. We've forgotten. The, we've got to talk about this. Twilight. Do you remember that? Oh God, we went to see Twilight because <laughs> we were like, oh, well, it's really big. Let's okay. give it a chance. Uh, Sue, <laughs> could you please collect their man cards, <laughs> confiscate them? That cinema card is dangerous in certain things because it allows you to open up the possibilities of going to see something like Twilight. Oh, dear God. But, you know, some films are so bad that they, you know, they, they, the experience of ripping them apart with fury, um, is, you derive a certain amount of pleasure from that. And indeed I do. Any opportunity, quite happy to, to talk about Twilight and how bad they are. Um, so I suppose, you know, something came of it. <laughs> Well, there's uh, anyway, there, yeah. there's my dad. My, my, the films I see of my dad, it's usually going to be a Western or it'll be a war, World War II film or science fiction film or political film because I'm the only person who knows he can really go take to see his films. So we saw Nixon Frost this year, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, if you lived in Australia, the film called Australia was quite obnoxious because it was, it was, the, it was the big sort of saga. And it was the proof that Australian cinema was still could still pump them out and be competitive because Hollywood was slacking off and making films here now. And yeah. so the, the coverage for that was obnoxious. But I suppose my pick of the year would be, uh, in terms of experience, was to go see The Day the Earth Stood Still. <laughs> Because it wow, was it wow. was it was the family sort of treat at Christmas for New wow. Year's for New Year's in fact we we went saw a late showing hardly anyone there just us and the family we watched the day the earth stood still which is one of the most you know again Keanu Reeves plays an emotionless chosen wise suppose doesn't he and and yes. it was just like so he he kind of goes humans are damaging the biosphere of Earth so our solution is simple we shall wipe out the entire biosphere of the Earth. Yeah, why so on a whim? like us to solve all the problems? Yes. You know, you pathetic, well, we'll just kill you. We won't possibly offer you any aid with our amazing technology that could solve any of these problems. No, it's your fault for not developing fast well, enough, so you die. He goes, he makes the decision to wipe out humanity on a whim, and then ha- after the result of one conversation with John Cleese, he changes his mind. And anyway... Um, <laughs> It was, it's the fact that afterwards we left and we walked out, he went down to Frankston Beach and I had my glow sticks and we, we all sat on the beach as a family together and waiting for the fireworks to start. That's my abiding memory of, of that. Yeah. Cool. Well, there we go. Um, and then we reach, uh, in, a, in, a, in sort of this, uh, miniature sort of, as you said at the beginning, scouting ahead party thing. We reached 2009, uh, which uh, is of course the last year we will be covering in, in, in its own depth. 
Uh, and I think it really is, you know, it's an arrival point, uh, for several reasons. Uh, because we, you know, we're finally sort of where we are now, really, yeah. I think, in a, in a, in a real sense. Um, in terms of cinema, in terms of the fact that, uh, as I said to Ian before we actually began recording, uh, what's really odd about this story is that it ends with a marriage because, uh, me and Sue went to, uh, got married in the September of 2009. Uh, and I remember that weekend, we kind of got married, we had a day of like, oh, we just got married. It was a long weekend we took, it was like Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And on the Sunday, after we'd kind of recovered on the Saturday, we went to see District 9, uh, <laughs> and then went for Chinese food at the Chinese buffet. That was my honeymoon, people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember that day fully. Yes, uh, so that was a, a jolly good fun, that was. It was, actually. I, 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 yeah, I think I was uh, in a good spirit in 2009. I mean, I'd, I'd actually got back into freelancing, so I was much happier and got back in. I, I think I might even be doing my Disney kind of Marvel, Marvel uh, uh, stint drawing Spider-Man, so I think I was kind of slightly ecstatic where I was kind of professionally at this point. Um, and there was some, I think it was a good year. I was some really high points. So definitely District 9, that was a, that was a huge high point, I think. And, I uh, for my birthday, we went to see Monsters vs. Aliens in 3D. Yeah. Which was slightly eclipsed by the fact that Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs came out a bit later. It was much yeah. funnier. Yeah. Like, it's know, still it hilarious. To the fun. Uh, we had Star Trek. That was good. Oh yeah, the, 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 the imagining Star Trek. Yeah, that, was uh, that was, that was great. Um, I do remember us going to see the G.I. Joe movie and being yeah. quite surprised at how much it ripped off Star Wars, like yeah, so blatantly. You know, you because I wasn't very well, so it was you. Well, well you weren't you weren't bothered either. You were like, yeah, bothered yeah. about G.I. Joe's movie. But you yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think I was that bothered. It wasn't something I ever had much. But I know you and did. It's the cards again, isn't it? You just yeah. Uh, you just get the cards and you go because it's there. Yeah, absolutely. Just, well, let's, yeah, let's go and see that. And I remember us coming out though, but wow, that was like all of Star Wars, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty cool. But Sherlock Holmes this year, which I thought was very entertaining. That was, yeah, that was towards the close. That was a little bit of a Christmas treat. I remember the, the buzz around that was horrendous. They were like, oh, it's going to be terrible. And in fact, it only started to turn when 2008 Iron Man came out and yeah. like, oh well on the one hand it's Sherlock Holmes directed by blinky blonky blimey guy Ritchie on yeah. the other hand Sherlock Holmes has been played by Iron Man so and then it was good so, I, yeah. I just found I've discovered a film we saw we all saw in 2009 I think anything with white in the title is omen for terribleness white out white out where the, the <laughs> Oh, I've just got to clip myself onto this road. To it, listen, if you want high-octane action involving a completely white screen and people clipping themselves along a rope, it's got everything you, you could possibly milk out of that. It's, um, I remember, I remember. If you, however, want anything else from a film other than maybe um, Kate Beckinsale's, uh, Beckinsale's backside, then, you know, maybe this film is not for you. But, you know, it's, yes, I, I remember that experience. <laughs> I remember you taking the mick out of it. That's what I remember with it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's somewhat flawed. <laughs> it was Well, it was a punch in the face because it was like a, an adaptation. This is a point where, which I think they've kind of stopped doing. They would go in, any graphic novel will make a movie yeah. that makes loads of money. Yeah. And it's like, well, I suppose in a graphic novel format, all that white and black would make mm. a 
a, a visual style, but on a cinema screen, it just looks stupid. So yeah, there that, was, that was pretty stupid to be honest. The whole plot was so. Um, was yeah, saying, the uh, plot was stupid. Oh, well, it was. It was. Uh, you're expecting something that might turn into the thing, and it's just a, some crooks who've stolen some jewels. It's a bit, you know, it's like oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think it was the fact that they were in the White House area, which meant they had to click things on to yes. on the wires. This would just be like a thriller of somebody, you know, chasing other people. But yeah. It's just, click, you click, know, click. it was like, oh, every five minutes, click, yeah. click, click. And, and the only person who could do anything with some, because of plot, has locked the gun up somewhere and kind of, as therefore useless to do with the situation. Yeah, well done that. Yep, stupid films. Yeah, so it is, it is, I think that's the thing. As I've noticed, what happens here is, instead of you getting, I mean, there are bad films, I can see bad films in the list, but then the notable thing about them is that nobody bothered to go and see them, because they were bad. Mm. What's What the new plague is, is like movies that are just so insultingly stupid, uh, yeah. e.g., Revenge of the Fallen, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen came out in oh, 2000. And that exemplified... I, the, I didn't like Transformers until I read it, and I realised I really hate these dumb movies. I didn't oh. see it. I stuck to my principles. In fact, Good. this is this is a year I didn't see a lot of films. I think I was going through a bit of a kind of downer period. Actually, I, I remember the wedding very well, because this was the time we were doing the No Dice Forum thing, and, and Justin contacted me, in a private message to the forum, going, Ian, uh, best man speech. You've got to give me some dirt. What, what's a really, what's a really embarrassing, humiliating story for Leah? I said, well, there isn't really any, particularly. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't, we didn't lead that kind of hijinks life back in the day. Unfortunately, made some shoddy films in the car park. That's as bad as it gets, really. <laughs> uh, uh, so yes, I saw. It's all right. He, he eventually went with. We'll just pick on the bride. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did see Angels and Demons at a charity thing. So oh just, dear. For reasons oh, of charity, sorry. I went and saw it in Angels and Demons. Yes, well, there we go. Uh, a plot involving uh, the murder conspiracy of the Pope involving antimatter. Uh, I saw 2012, which was a topical film, I suppose, at the time, uh, and it's almost completely forgettable. I can remember, I remember the ships in it and, and lots of people dying, what I thought were interesting characters. Uh, um, it's about engrossing and emotionally challenging as a video game really you know yes. a, a stupid chase game it's it's um yeah i was gonna say well I, I suppose the big thing this year would have been avatar which is like one of the few films yes. i will say 3d oh. is acceptable well no look james cameron he, look it's not an original story of course it's not an original story but he's done an old story and given a, a decent enough polish i felt in terms of, of what you get you can be cynical about it and it's very easy to be so but if you just let yourself go, let yourself go, Justin, and yeah, go down the blue rabbit hole. Uh, get everything. Get what well, you would you mean like in some kind of tranquilizer? Because that's the only one to be true anymore. Let yourself go down the blue rabbit hole. I didn't know we were visiting the Smurfs. Yeah, we're not, I, I, right. I'm not with Smurfs anymore. I've had enough. I, I must say, in your case is not bolstered by the fact that uh, the other day. Uh, Avatar topped um, Watch Mojo's top ten list of the most overrated movies ever. It probably is overrated. And they just, but it, it probably is overrated. I did not. I did not mind the experience. I, you know, there are certain films I can watch and go, "Well, they're pretty." It's a big blockbuster, and I struggled. I sat there rocking on my seat, looking at the oh, time, going, "Obtaining is a great name for a it's, it's not enough." 
There's like, I don't care about any of these people. You know, these are just, it just I, I just found the whole thing rather agonising. And I remember thinking, you were going on about this 3D. I don't even like, I don't like 3D films generally. I mean, the actual technology doesn't really appeal to me that much. And I just thought, if this is meant to be the flagship, there was, I just thought, actually, I don't think the, the 3D is great. I mean, the CGI and everything else is fantastic, but, but the actual 3D thing that they kept going on about, I'm like, I'd rather it not be. It, it's actually distracting. No, it, it does not and, give uh, you, it does not give you the experience of being there. It does, it, it does give you a certain degree of, of, of depth of a sort, but it's not quite right. But, I was willing to accept it because it was it was kind of built into the experience. It's not that this is the future of cinema. It was kind of like this film comes you know, with a gimmick. If it had been a two-hour film or an hour and a half, I would have done fine. But it was overblown. And it was like if it's a, a roller coaster and you're you're playing with these tricks and you're delighting us with imagery, fine. Make it short, snappy, and just that. But it just felt like it was building up a story that really there wasn't really any need for. I feel I feel that we may have deterred from from cinematic experience. Although it has to be said, to bring it back to cinema experience, I deliberately went to see it in two D because I was like, well, if it's going to be such hot hot stuff in three D, it'll have to stand up in two D as well, and it totally didn't. So, well, for for me anyway. So, uh, yeah, we we can talk more about this, of course, when we get to the end of the of the noughties, but. but, but this is, that, that's kind of it. I think we've kind of done the lot in the sense of, of having a quick what? run through. You're not going to mention Watchmen? Oh, um, well, again, I saw it with a group of men. That <laughs> scene is so gratuitous that I've sat there watching a group of men shifting their seats like, oh my God. Awkward. I, really I think though, to be fair, you know, I think we, I think that was what we voiced. We, we, we did kind of say afterwards. <laughs> Well, that's everybody did. Well, we don't, like, that was the only criticism I could find of the entire film. Yes, so I liked the, it. The cultural, the cultural mood as a whole, I think. Because I think what happened was, you're sitting in the cinema watching Watchmen, and you go, wow, this is awkward. And then you come out and go, you know that sex scene? Was that a bit awkward? And everyone goes, yeah, I found that as well. But then you're all huddled around, like, what if everybody else is like, oh, you're so gauche. Get with the program, it's 2009. But then the internet went ablaze with, what about that sex scene? That was awkward. And that's all anyone really remembers about the film was, ooh, awkward. (laughs) No, no. The sex scene was pretty awful, but I just kind of like squirmed until it went away. The thing that kind of haunted me afterwards was, you know, the rape victim kind of falling in love with a rapist. He was so such a charming rogue, you see. That was was a bit more, uh, really? Well, yeah, but, the, but yes. We will discuss this at length because there's, there's plenty to talk about with Watchmen. So yeah, so there uh, we go. Uh, I think we've uh, we, we've we've definitely come the, the whole distance uh, and, and yeah. been through all of our cinematic experiences. So uh, yeah, brilliant. Um, and uh, thank you for joining me on that. And I think obviously the next obvious target is going to be. Uh, the year 2000, so we'll be yeah. going back to, um, to I'm pick over it. There's a lot of films, and actually I'm looking forward to revisiting a lot of these in preparation, because but, a lot of things I've only seen once. Do you know what yeah. I'm looking forward to revisiting? Battlefield Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I've never visited it. I don't think I. Oh, I don't you totally I have to watch Battlefield really? Earth. I think I need. I think maybe. Uh, do you own it, or can you get access to it? Because I, I think can get access to it. Can we? Can I? Can we do this when I visit you shortly? And we, there's yes. going to be ammo involved. I need ammo. Definitely be because I have. I've been too afraid to watch it. So let's do oh, it. Oh no, we've got to watch it together. That'll okay. Be the, the thing. Okay, so uh, yeah, we'll we'll delay on that for a little while longer. But, uh, but yes, soon there will be the year 2000. And in between, the 80s kids will have to adapt to living in the future. So uh-huh. I'm going to go and get in my flying car and uh, disappear off uh, to the hoverball match. <laughs> How about you guys? How are you preparing? Uh, well, I'm worried about any crimes I might commit in the future and the police that will police me for thinking it. So um, I'm going to go and hide in a corner and, 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 and uh, shudder. Yes, OK, good for you. Uh, Justice Afraid of Thought Police. And Ian? Well, I suddenly realised that the the wood we're camping in is unfortunately in the uh, director's cut DVD release version of Lord of the Rings. We've got another 13 hours to go yet. (laughs) All right. Well, if people want to uh, inquire about when we're releasing the theatrical edition uh, on DVD so that their eyeballs don't melt while watching, where might they go to inquire about that, Ian? Well, one place they could go would be our Facebook page. You can find on Facebook forward slash Revenge of the 80s Kids. And that's 80s as a number, 080s. Uh, please go there and like our page. It's our community hub. We put up links to our podcaster, as well as links we find interesting. Uh, although uh, podcasts are what it's really all about. And for those who want to point your web browser towards uh, 80s Kids, and that's 80s as in letters, so E-I-G-H-T-I-E-S kids dot podomat dot com, uh, please go there and subscribe to our podcast using the podcast aggregator of your choice, or download your PC for dark, uh, naughty's reasons of your own. Uh, but this is only where our most recent podcasts can be found. For the legacy of our podcast, where we cover the 90s in excruciating detail, you must go to... Uh, you must go to uh, leostableford.com where you may find uh, blog posts that indeed preserve all of this uh, uh, wealth of material for, for the posterity of uh, future generations and also uh, other stuff that uh, I might be uh, rambling on about at the time. Uh, Justin's not much of one for rambling, but if you want some pictorial content, you might find him. Um, you can find uh, examples, certain um, some images that I, I, I uh, actually drew in the noughties, as well as later ones, um, and that will be at my Deviant Art page, which is justinwhite.deviantart.com. Uh, so yes, so the uh, the, the hover car is uh, is waiting. The thought police are are lurking, and the thirteen hour cut of this episode is soon to be released onto DVD. I think there is no more that needs to be said except goodbye. Fare ye well, travellers.